to get excited. He has risen <laughs> to a polite golf club. So, Luke chapter 24, verses 1 to 2 says this. Now, on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, who's a morning person? Okay, good, there's one. Uh, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb, bringing the spices which they had prepared. But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. That just never gets old on me. A big stone like that. We've got one. You see the trees are cut down. There's that big stone there. That's a good example. Try, try and move that one. Uh, it's not going anywhere without some sort of excavation machinery or whatever. But he is risen. He is risen indeed. And that's what we remember today, Easter Sunday. We remember it every day. I like to call it Resurrection Sunday because that's what we celebrate and remember, that Jesus conquered sin and death and he rose from the grave and uh, was victorious. You know, a man was walking down the street when he noticed a store window and there was a beautiful painting of the crucifixion of Jesus Christ and he stood there gazing at the picture for the longest time and then he realised there's a little boy standing beside him and he patted the little boy on the head and he said, Son, what does that mean? The little boy said, don't you know? Oh, sorry. So, don't you know <laughs> that their man is that their man is Jesus, and the woman that's crying, that's his mama, and them over there, them's Roman soldiers. They killed him. The man smiled and started walking away. In a few moments, he heard someone running, turned and saw that it was the little boy, and he came running to the man out of breath and said, "Mister, Mister, I forgot to tell you the best part." He didn't stay dead. He was excited because he knew the story. And he couldn't let that man go away, not knowing the truth, that he may have died. But three days later, he rose again. Today, it's Easter Sunday. We celebrate on this Resurrection Sunday the wonderful truth that Jesus rose from the dead. And it serves as a yearly reminder that Jesus died for our sins on Calvary's cross. He was buried but on the morning of the third day, he rose from the dead. And Paul writing to Timothy says it in uh, 2 Timothy 2 verse 8. Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel. See, the truth of the resurrection of Jesus Christ touches our lives each and every day. But on this day, we dedicate our thoughts towards his resurrection. I'm going on record, and I'm sure many of you are with me on this record, and say that Jesus got up from the grave and he'll never be placed in a tomb again. Never again. He rose again. He's seated at the right hand of the Father, King of kings, Lord of lords, name above every name, almighty conqueror, victorious. And today we don't worship one whose body is contained within a tomb or a shrine or, or, or anything like that. We worship the one that rose again. Today we celebrate a living Savior, And that's what separates us from other religions. Our God is alive. Yeah. He is risen. He is risen indeed. If you were to visit Jerusalem, and my wife's done this, uh, about a block from the old city wall, you'd find the garden tomb. It's where it's believed Jesus was laid after his death. Normally every year, there's some 250,000 visitors. That's a few. They don't go there to the tomb to pay their respects to one that is dead. They go there because the tomb is empty. Yeah. That's the attraction. People don't go to the tomb to mourn. 
They go there by the thousands to rejoice. They don't go there to weep, but to worship. So through the years, I've had the opportunity to speak in a lot of different kinds of churches. I've been overseas, and I enjoy preaching in Filipino churches. Here they are, Sally, Nelly, Chavita's out there getting hot cross buns ready for us. I know, there's hot cross buns later. You'll have to eat about seven, because... Anyway. I'll, I'll take them through. <laughs> but I've had, I love preaching in Filipino churches. These ladies are going to know what I'm talking about. These churches are not the least bit inhibited in their worship. And, and, and I love that. I love that there's just no holds barred. They're, just, they're all in. And when they go to church, they go to church. They just love getting into the praise and the worship and woo, and it can go on for a long time, can't it? Yeah. It's similar. I've also been to America, and it's similar in a lot of the Southern Baptist-type churches in America. Woo, they know how to do church. I tell you. There's Bibles getting thrown everywhere, and they're up there, yeah, yeah, throwing handkerchiefs, and woo, yo, keep going, you know, whatever. And, and I enjoy being in that kind of atmosphere. It's very different to our more, maybe we're a little conservative, we kind of. Don't want anyone to. Yeah, yeah, we don't want to have attention drawn to us, or we just we we'll just slot in there and do our thing. But that's okay. Everyone's different. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> but I read about this Good Friday service, and, and and I've not been in a church like this, but a black Southern Baptist church. So there's there's, and I'm not being racist, but I'm telling you that they just let loose. They just know how to go there. And, and I read about a Good Friday service in a black Baptist church. And I would have loved to have been in this service. I've only read about it. I wasn't there. But during the service, there were seven preachers who preached back to back on the subject of the crucifixion. That's a lot of preachers. When it got down to the seventh and last preacher, you would have thought all that could have been said would have been said, wouldn't you? Because that's a lot of preaching. Yet an old black pastor got up and entered the pulpit and he looked at the congregation. Let me just do that. <laughs> Make sure you're all away. Now, he looked at the congregation. And he started softly. You may be living on Friday, but Sunday's coming. You can hear already. You can imagine. You know what I'm talking about? The rumbling in the church. The people are just, come on. Somebody, you know, this is awesome. One of the deacons yelled out, preach it, brother, preach. So that was all the encouragement he needed. Because they do, they feed off the, the crowd. And so you're going to have to engage soon. You're going to have to... Forget our conservative, like, no one's here, don't worry. No one's going to, just, just, you're here, and just, we'll get there. So, he kept going. He got a little louder. He said, it was Friday, and Mary was crying her eyes out. The disciples were running around in every direction. That's how they say it, isn't it? <laughs> hey, that's awesome. I'm working on it. Yeah, do it. Like sheep without a shepherd. But that was Friday, and Sunday's coming. Woo! That's it. That's it. Eventually, I won't have to do this. You just do it. You just do it. I don't want to draw it out. You just got to do it. Anyway, people in the congregation started to pick up on the message. They're like, oh, hang on. This is going somewhere. Women were waving their hands in the air and shouting, well, well, you know how to do it. Come on, keep going. Some of the men were yelling, keep going, keep going. He picked up the volume even more because when the crowd goes with you, you go. You know, you've heard them say the line, you know, I'm preaching as good as you're praising or whatever they say. Uh, so they, they drive the preacher. Anyway. And he goes, it's Friday. The cynics were looking at the world and saying, as things have been, so shall they be. But those cynics didn't know that it was only Friday. But Sunday is coming. Yeah. Oh, you're getting that. You're getting that. 
By the time he got to the end of the service, he's yelling, It's Friday! And the whole church yells back, But Sunday's coming! Come on, if I may today, I'm going to borrow that dear black preacher's thought and talk to you about it being Friday, but Sunday's coming. It's going to speak to somebody today. Whether you're online, whether you're here, whether you're watching it later, it's going to bless you because you're in a situation where things look grim, things look dull, things look challenging, everything is hard, and you just, you've been through it all. But I need to tell you, God wants you to know that Sunday's coming for your situation, and He's going to transform your life if only you put your trust in Him. So I want to draw your attention to a few of the different kinds of people that were found around the tomb of the Lord Jesus. And the first ones I want to draw your attention to are the ones that were grieved by his death. So there were many that were devastated by the crucifixion. And if you were here on Friday, I touched on uh, how broken and disappointed the disciples must have been. You know, there were many with broken hearts on that Friday. One can only begin to imagine the despair that filled those who had walked with the Lord. They, they walked and talked with him. He promised he'd always be with them, and now he's gone. That's such an empty feeling. An anonymous poet put it this way, Oh, tis the pang severest that human hearts can know, to lay what we hold dearest thus in the dust below. Death is crushing. You know, those of us that have lost loved ones, family members, whatever, it's challenging. There's mourning. There's sadness. And so you can imagine the cries and the sobs of many could have been heard throughout Jerusalem that night when Jesus was crucified. I think in this painting, I don't know how well it'll come up on here, it's a little blurry. This painting's called The Return from Calvary, and it shows Mary Magdalene and another woman returning to their homes after the crucifixion and burial of Jesus. In the distance, top right corner on the hills there, you can see the three crosses. Despondency is written all over Mary's face, yet I suggest that that face depicts what was on the faces of many at that time. It was indeed a Black Friday for them, devastating. I think of the disciples. I can only begin to imagine the great sense of loss that they felt. They must have felt all alone in the world, confused, uncertain about what the future held. The one on whom they pinned all their hopes had been laid to rest in a garden tomb. You know, he who made the deaf to hear, the blind to see, the lame to walk, even the dead to rise, and he's been snuffed out by the combined power of religious leaders and Roman might of the day. Now he lay dead in a tomb. Can you imagine how crushed they felt? If you've lost someone, you'd have a, a rough idea of how you felt at that time. But can you imagine how futile everything seemed to them on that Friday? All these promises, all these good things just gone. You know, if it were possible for me to travel back in time, back to that Friday, I'd look up to the disciples, I'd look them up, find them where they are, use my Google Maps. Okay. This is what I'd say. Matthew, it's Friday, but Sunday's coming. Mark, it's Friday, but Sunday's coming. Luke, it's Friday, but Sunday's coming. John, it's Friday, but Sunday is coming. Simon Peter, it's Friday. But Sunday's coming. I won't go through them all over here all day. I think of the woman, you know, and, and the many women that were around the cross that day. Not only Mary Magdalene, out of whom Jesus had cast many demons and saved her from a life of prostitution, 
There was also Mary, the mother of Jesus. As she stood at the front of the cross and watched Jesus hang in agony, did she think back to the night perhaps when she gave birth to Jesus? They say your life flashes before your eyes when you're in a a full-on moment. I wonder if that's what went through her mind. You know, did memories of Jesus' childhood flash through her mind? Can you imagine what she felt as she stood there looking upon his broken, beaten, bruised body hanging on a cross? You know, I'd like to go back and put my arm around Mary to comfort her and say, Mary, it's Friday, but I've got to tell you this. Sunday is coming. Sunday is coming. There are other faithful women that followed Jesus. They watched their master die in excruciating death. In love, these followers had sought to perform, you know, the proper, I guess, rituals or uh, ministrations, whatever word you want to use, on his body that had passed. And, And... they were denied the opportunity. They weren't allowed to go and do anything. You know, I can almost hear their crying, see their tears, feel their pain as they were turned away. You know, I'd like to go back and take each one of them by the hand and say it's Friday, but Sunday is coming. You've got to know there's hope and it's on its way. So they were the ones grieved by his death. But now we'll think on, 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 uh, on these people, the ones glad for his death. And there was a few of those. Not everyone was sad that Jesus had died. There were several that were glad. While some were in mourning, there were those that were celebrating his death. I think of the chief priests, the Pharisees, the Sadducees. They've been trying to trip him up for some time. So this is their moment. They're pumped. This is what we want. He had been a thorn in their side for some time, and the faster they could get rid of him, the better. That's what these people were were thinking. Even their opportunity, when it dropped into their hands, one one of their own, Judas, was the one that led them to the opportunity. So Judas comes along, and he says, What will you give me? And I'll deliver him unto you. This was the opportunity that they'd been waiting for, and this is what he asked for. 30 pieces of silver. That's all it cost. You know, things kicked into high gear from that point. He was betrayed by Judas in the garden and arrested by the religious leaders. He was taken to the high priest's palace, put on trial, run through a quick court proceeding, condemned on the testimony of false witnesses, and they cried for his death. He was betrayed with a kiss. Several spat in his face, some hit him in the face with their fists, while others slapped him with the palm of their hands. He was mocked. Prophesy, Lord. Tell us who hit you. Come on, you know you've got the power to tell us who slapped you. But Jesus remained silent. The next morning he was bound and taken to Pilate. One after another, the chief priests and elders leveled their charges against him, and then finally Pilate washed his hands of the matter. And he allowed the people to have their chosen way, and that was a death sentence for Jesus. So like a celebrating courtroom, you've seen those TV shows, court cases, and you win. What are they doing? They're high-fiving, they're slapping each other on the back. Yeah! I can imagine that's what the religious leaders We're doing, shaking each other's hands, slapping each other on the back, celebrating the verdict. This is what we've wanted. He'd now be out of their hair forever. 
Both the religious leaders of Israel and the political leaders of Rome could now breathe a sigh of relief. <sighs> it's dealt with. But if I could go back to that scene, wouldn't you love to? <laughs> Say to the chief priests and the elders, fellows, it's Friday, but Sunday's coming. I'd say to the mob that arrested him, it's Friday, but Sunday's coming. I'd say to Pilate, you know, wash your hands on Friday, but Sunday is coming. I'd say to the soldiers that, that, that hurt him and beat him and nailed him to the cross, it's Friday, but Sunday's coming. Can you imagine the look in their face? I'd probably say more than that. Yeah, I'm sure you would. <laughs> I'm being controlled, Patrick, I'm being controlled. Here's the last one. We're talking about now the people that were gloating. Not the people, the one. The enemy gloating over his death. We, we don't hear him or speak of him or, or see that he's present in all that's happened around Jesus going to the cross. But you can be sure Satan was behind everything that was going on. He was the energy behind the mob shouting, Crucify him! Crucify him! Literally, just not long earlier, they're lauding him as he rode into town on a donkey waving palm branches. And all of a sudden, it shifts to that. He was the one who stirred up the religious crowd and planted the thoughts to have him removed. He was the one who filled Judas's mind with thoughts of betrayal. He was the one that whispered the lies in the ears of the false witnesses. And although we don't see him or hear him, you can be certain that he was strutting around like a victorious commander. He thought he'd had a victory. From the time it was announced that Jesus was to be born of a virgin, he began a campaign to have him exterminated. That's all he wanted to see happen. He was behind the death, uh, that's Herod. He was behind the death of all the innocent firstborns that were slaughtered by Herod. It was Satan that had whispered in the ears of Herod, you've got to get rid of the child that is born to be king of the Jews. So kill them all. That was the enemy at work. In the wilderness, he did everything to get the Lord Jesus to discredit and disqualify himself, tempting him. He even offered him all the kingdoms of the world if he would just bow down and worship Satan. But we know that Jesus stood on the word of God and refused to bow down. On another occasion, he riled up a crowd in a synagogue and it took, they, they took, literally took Jesus out and carried him out of the city to the brow of a hill with the intention of throwing him off the cliff, but instead Jesus passed through the midst of them. So cool. Like a lion waiting for an opportunity to attack and devour its prey, Satan waited patiently for the right moment and the right opportunity, and that was taking Jesus on the pathway towards the cross. That's why you read, and we've gone through the Gospel of John many times. Jesus says, not my time yet. It's not my time. You, you might think you've got your way with me, but I'm out of here. Whoosh, through the crowd. Like he wasn't even there. When the angry mob was shouting, crucify him, crucify him, one could have heard the devilish and sinister laugh in the background of the enemy. When Jesus breathed his last breath and his head slumped upon a breathless chest, how all of the demons of hell must have broke forth in celebration and jubilation. The kingdom of darkness must have reverberated with cheers of victory. We've done it. Scenes of high fives, hugs and dancing filled the principalities and all the powers of Satan's kingdom. And all the time Satan sits proudly upon his throne, gloating over everything that's happened, thinking 
He finally has done it. But oh, if I could just go back to that moment. I'd like to be able to go back and say to the dancing demons, it's Friday, you think you've got a victory, but Sunday's coming. I'd like to stand at the foot of the cross, stained with blood, and shout to the top of my voice, Satan, it's Friday, but Sunday is coming. I'd like to say to all of those grieved by his death, it's Friday, but don't you worry because Sunday is coming. All those who are glad for his death, he's gone, we've had a victory. It's Friday, but Sunday's coming. I'd like to say to the one gloating over his death, and I say it right now, it's Friday, but Sunday's coming. Enemy, you are defeated. You are under our feet. You have no power. You have no ability. You have no strength. You might try and deceive me, but my God is greater, and I lean on him. I want to ask for your imagination for a few minutes. Who's got a, Did you bring your imagination or are you still awake? Close your eyes for me, then, then you can fall asleep. I'll put some imagination music on. There it is. You can all imagine now. <laughs> but no, ser- t- seriously, I want you to just, I want you to picture something for me. I want to do a little time travel. Let's go to the garden tomb together. Let's get there before the sun starts to rise and let's get there early enough so we can get a good seat so we can watch everything unfold. So get yourself front. Everyone's in the front row because it's your imagination. How good's that? No one's in your way. If you're at home online, do this as well. Close your eyes. You're in the garden, looking at the garden tomb, front row seats. Have you got a good seat? I hope you do. And you've got a clear view of the tomb? I hope so. I can hear the birds singing, their morning carols, and the sun is just beginning to shoot its silver arrows through the gates of the eastern skies. I can see the soldiers standing guard over the tomb as they were instructed. I can see in the distance the silhouettes of a few women making their weary way towards the tomb. The pre-dawn gloom matches their mood because they've been mourning. There's Mary, the mother of Jesus, and Mary Magdalene ahead of the others. And I can see how red and swollen their eyes are from many tears that they've shed. The pain they feel is written all over their faces. None of them looks like they've slept in days. What's that they have in their hand? Looks like a bottle of some kind. And yes, that's exactly what it is. I guess it's a bottle of spices that they went to anoint the Lord's body with. But if we listen closely, Maybe we can make out what the two Marys are saying. How are we going to move that stone? How are we going to be able to get in to anoint his body? All of us could not move that stone even if we tried together. But wait a minute. What's that? Do you guys feel what I'm feeling? Feels like we're having an earthquake. Looking up in the sky, do you see those two angels descending from heaven? Look, they've broken the seal and they're rolling the stone back. Look, look, look in the tomb. It's Jesus. He's alive. He's alive. He's risen from the dead. Look, he's coming out of the tomb. And listen, what's he saying? Behold, I am he that lives and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. And I have the keys of hell and death. What day is this? It's Resurrection Sunday. Friday was miserable. There was chaos. 
there was disorder. But Sunday is coming and your breakthrough is coming. Jesus is alive and he is more than a conqueror and he wants to break through in every situation that you face. Up from the grave he arose with a mighty triumph over his foes. He arose a victor from the dark domain and he lives forever with his saints to reign. He arose, he arose, hallelujah, Christ arose. I've got another song. Let me just go up here. I'm going to pretend I can play the keyboard again. I can, I can do all right. I don't know if you know this song. Who knows Ron Canoli? Zero people. <laughs> One. Seriously. We need to get some culture. Two. Three. There's not a four. All right, that's good. That's good. Now I'm not going to sing like Ron Canoli, if you know who he is. But can we put the words up, Josh? That'd be good for this song. I don't know if you know it. We'll find out in a minute. Because on this hallelujah, Jesus is alive. Death has lost its victory and the grave has been denied. Jesus lives forever. He's alive. He's alive. Got it? He's the Alpha and Omega. First and last is He. The curse of sin is broken. We have perfect liberty. The Lamb of God is risen. He's alive. He's alive. So you can imagine. We just did that imagining thing. The stones rolled away. I reckon this is what they sang in heaven. Because this is exciting. Except they had drums and brass and everything when Rock and Ollie did. It's just me. But can you help me out? I'll try and do it a little bit more upbeat. Because it's exciting. He's alive. You might even want to stand and sing this because you know you can't contain yourself. Because Jesus is alive. And he's worth praising and celebrating. Amen? Come on. Hallelujah. Jesus is alive. Death has lost its victory.
the brass would have been helpful, but that's alright. <laughs> you can grab a seat, grab a seat. Uh, God is good. And he's alive. Yeah. And he's conquered sin and death. There's a person, Marilyn uh, Havocate, expressed it this way. And this is where we can finish. I'm only going to ask you one more time to be responsible. So th- this is the time. It, th- don't leave anything to, to behind now. You've got to give it your all as I read this. Okay. So it's Friday. Mary's crying her eyes out because her son Jesus is dead. But Sunday is coming. It's Friday. The disciples are running in every direction like sheep without a shepherd. But Sunday is coming. It's Friday. Pol- uh, I was going to say Pol- Pilates. <laughs> That's why I don't do this. This is American preachers do this. It's Friday. Pilate, not Pilates, strutting around, washing his hands because he thinks he's got all the power and the victory. But Sunday is coming. It's Friday. People are saying, as things have been, so they shall always be. You can't change anything in this world, but Sunday's coming. It's Friday. The temple veil ripped from top to bottom. The earth shook. The rocks split and tombs opened. The centurion screamed in fear. Truly, he was the son of God. But Sunday's coming. It's Sunday. The angel, like dazzling lightning, rolled the stone away, exclaiming, he's not here. He is risen. It's Sunday. It's Sunday. It's Sunday. Praise God. What did it all mean to those we saw on Friday? Let me express what it means in three simple little statements. All the disciples and followers of Jesus said, Oh, yes, he's alive. Oh, yes. All the religious and all the political leaders said, Oh, no, he's back. Finally, the old devil saint said, Oh, me. (laughs) He knows he is in a world of What does his resurrection mean? It means that today it is Sunday. Our faith is not in vain. Our sins have been forgiven. We don't have to go to hell. Heaven is our eternal home. Today we celebrate a resurrected, risen Christ who is very much alive. And aren't we glad that we do? God is awesome. That he would send his son for you and for me to die a painful, humiliating death so that we could be free. How undeserving are we? Yet he does it anyway because he loves you first. Would you bow your heads? If you're at home, don't tune out. I want to invite you to accept Jesus on this Resurrection Sunday. If you're in this room and you want to commit your life to Christ, if you're at home and you want to do this, God's looking for a response in your heart right now. And if you're in the room, why don't you just lift up your hand and say, Jeremy, I want to surrender my life to Christ, whether it be for the first time, whether it be a recommitment to him. I want to invite you to invite the Lord into your heart today, because there's nothing quite like his joy, his peace, his grace, his love in our lives. We try and attain this this situation in our lives where everything is great but we can't do that in our own strength because we'll always be lacking we'll always be missing Christ in our heart if we don't live our life for him I want to encourage you there's no sin you've done no mistake you've made no problem you've encountered that you're embarrassed about that can separate you from his love he just wants you to surrender your life to him so if that's you just lift up your hand in this moment 
and I'm going to include you as we pray to close out the service today. And if you're at home online, you respond. God sees your heart and he wants you to surrender your life to him. So do that in this moment. And let's pray this prayer together. Say, Dear Jesus, I thank you on this Resurrection Sunday that you came and died for me, but you also rose again. You conquered sin and death. You are alive. And because you are alive, I can be alive. I make you my Lord and Saviour. I believe in my heart God raised you from the dead. Confess with my mouth that you are my Lord. And I will choose to live my life for you. From this day forward, in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Give God praise. He's alive. He's worthy. He's alive. It's Sunday. It was Friday though, Joel. But Sunday is coming. I don't know what it is that you're facing, but I want to pray for you as we close. That those of you that are in a challenging time, and many of us are, for different reasons, that God would come and breathe life into your situation. Because he's conquered sin and death, so you don't need that darkness, that disappointment, that disillusionment to dominate every fabric and fibre of your being. We need to let it go. And so I want to pray for people today, people online at home as we come to a close that God would come and His Holy Spirit would minister to you in your situation. That you would know that you might be in Friday right now, but Sunday is coming. If you've lost your hope, this moment is for you. If you need encouraging today, this moment is for you. So if you want to be included in this prayer, just stand to your feet where you are. You're in a safe place here. If you're at home in your living room, stand up and just lift up your hands to God. Just say, God, I need more of you. I need more of you in my life. So, Father God, I pray for people that are responding in this moment. Even if they're not standing, their hearts, they need you to move. I just pray, Father God, that you would come by the power of your Holy Spirit this Resurrection Sunday, that you would fill people with your power. Fill them with your presence. Lord, lift up the head that hangs low. Lord, because our hope is in nothing less but you, Father God, Jesus you came and you conquered so that we could be victorious in life. And so we lean in on your victory, God. And we ask for that overcoming spirit to fill our situation, to fill our life, to touch us this day. Lord, we, where we are depressed or disappointed, Lord, may there be life today. May there be hope. May there be faith fueled by the power of your Holy Spirit that's touching us right now. And I pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. 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 Give him praise for that too. God's going to break through in people's lives because they're open and ready to receive something special from the Holy Spirit today. Amen. Amen. Who's ready for hot cross buns? Me. Yeah, remember you got to eat seven. Okay, seven's a very biblical number. We haven't got, well, that's a whole other sermon. You know what they're going to do to my figure? Oh, you'll be right. It's all good. God bless you. And let me pray God's blessing over you. You know, the, the, the blessing that God speaks over us today. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. The Lord be gracious to you. Lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace this Resurrection Sunday, I pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Be blessed.